0: I'm Veronica Volk with WXXI News. And I'm
1: Gary Craig with The Democrat and Chronicle. And this is Finding Tammy Joe, the podcast.
0: Welcome back. It's been a while. Today, or at least the day we're releasing this, is the anniversary of the day the Caledonia Jane Doe was found, now 37 years ago. If you don't know the whole story, pause this and check out episodes one through seven of the series. We'll be here when you get back. So the reason we're back is because we wanted to highlight this day, November 10th, by putting out a special episode with some updates.
1: Last time we talked, Livingston County Sheriff's Office was testing the DNA of three persons of interest against a possible sample found on Tammy's clothing. We have some news on that and we're also going to talk to some people involved in this case that we haven't heard from yet. But first we wanted to check in with Pam Dyson, Tammy's sister. Not only is this the anniversary of Tammy's death, but just last week was also Tammy's birthday, November 2nd. She would have been 53 years old.
2: That day brought for me a lot of sadness, a great feeling of loss. I thought about my sister alone in that cornfield, knowing that a monster was with her, and all I wanted to do was cry.
1: Pam says November is a hard month, but this isn't the only time that she remembers her late sister.
2: Of course. Every day has a meaning. And, you know, we think of her regardless of whether it's the anniversary of her death, the murder, the acknowledgement of that Caledonia was actually Tammy. I mean, they all have significant meaning, and she's thought about quite often.
1: It's been over two years now since Pam was asked to give her DNA to test against the Caledonia Jane Doe. Which led to the positive identification of Tammy Jo Alexander.
2: I always have hope, um, and I will never give up till the day I die, hoping that they find who killed her. It's extremely important, like it would be for any family with a murdered or missing member. They want answers. Somebody has to know something, and just my personal opinion, we haven't reached that right person that has the piece of information that will lead to this case being solved.
0: Investigator Brad Schneider is still working to find that right person. He's the lead on this case at the Livingston County Sheriff's Office. When we went to visit him, he had that familiar high school photo of Tammy Jo Alexander on the shelf above his desk, watching over him. He says they're still getting calls, regularly, about the case.
3: As a matter of fact, uh, one was received this week. Uh, I got one received last week. The FBI has received a couple recently as well. So, yes, I mean, within the last couple of weeks, we, we have received several tips that we're still working on.
0: In the last couple episodes of this podcast, we talked about a possible lead. Law enforcement had recovered a DNA sample from evidence. And even though Schneider said it was kind of a long shot, they ran it against the DNA of three persons of interest. Well, the results came in just last month.
3: We do have the DNA uh... results back from the lab and we did not come up with a match.
0: We originally reported that the DNA came from this red jacket that Tammy Jo was found wearing. But Schneider says they're actually reviewing that information, and some of those details are now in question.
3: I'm actually still going through reports. We just discussed this the other day, um, and that's what I'm trying to refresh my memory on. This case file being so thick, I'm still digging through trying to find the actual lab report. To show me what piece of clothing or what piece of evidence it actually came from.
0: But despite the negative DNA results, Schneider says they're still working this case constantly.
3: Uh, you know, I'm I'm never going to give up hope in this. This is a case that I have a working folder on my desk, uh, with all the tips that are currently working on her. Lead log is right there next to my desk, and you know, it, it's as I have available time. This is what I'm working on.
0: And, of course, Schneider and the law enforcement in Livingston County aren't the only people working on this case. Ready? Yep.
4: Okay, my name is George Lloydgren, and I'm a detective with the Hernando County Sheriff's Office.
1: As you can probably tell from his voice, Lloydgren hasn't always been working in Florida.
4: Yeah, I uh, I worked 20 years in New York City Police Department and uh, decided to move south. It wasn't in the cards, but it popped up and... Uh, landed over in this area because I had some family here and the rest is history. Here I am now talking to you. <laughs>
1: Lloydgren has been involved in this case since Tammy's old friend, Laurel Nowell, came forward to file a missing person report. He's been working with Livingston County and the FBI to connect the dots ever since.
4: They, you know, these, these old cases are hard, you know. Some of them you, you know who the killer is, you just got to prove it, and, and the other ones, it's, you know... Like Tammy's case, is very difficult.
1: One of the things that helps, he says, is his team. Lloyd Lloydgren is working 21 cold cases down there with the help of four volunteers.
4: We get together and we talk about a case and, you know, you have five different heads, five different thoughts and sometimes similar, but you have five different brains working on it. So five people are smarter than one. The most important thing is getting to the truth bringing some type of closure or a resolution to a case to help the family and the victims and if the bad guys out there, get them so we can't hurt anybody else at this point and let him answer for what he's done. You know? What's
0: uh, what's the life of a volunteer on your squad there?
4: What's the life of a volunteer?
0: Yeah, like what do, what do the volunteers do? What's their job look like?
4: Oh, well, I actually I have one of my volunteers here with me right now. Um, Sure, I can say a few words. She's right here.
2: Sure, my name is Bernadette Huff.
0: Bernadette has been with Hernando County Sheriff's Department for a little over a year. She says she was basically retired, freelancing a bit, but mostly just hanging out at home. She got interested in cold cases about five or six years ago.
2: And uh, I guess you know Web Sleuth, that's a, a crime forum and I would get on there all the time and read about the cases, and that's what drew me in just kind of got hooked. You know, a lot of times we actually have victims' families that come on and they blog, and, I mean, they're torn apart. You know, they just want answers and they just want to know what happened to their loved one. I've always been interested in this, and I, um, I wrote a letter to the sheriff about another case, and they interviewed me and decided that I would be, you know, an asset back here.
0: Bernadette says she didn't follow Caledonia Jane Doe's case on Web sleuths, but she was familiar with Carl Koppelman, the man who created artistic renderings of the girl's face, which eventually helped identify her. Bernadette and the other volunteers have been helping Lloyd Grin mostly with administrative tasks, organizing paper documents, itemizing them, and digitizing them.
1: But that work hasn't led them to anyone else who knew Tammy Joe besides family, her friend Laurel, and her high school boyfriend Kevin Williams.
4: Nobody else can point us in the direction to anybody else or that would have been, you know, friends of hers or, you know, I went to her school records. Um, you know, we dug as much as we could. Again, you got to realize it's 1979, and I, I guess I take things for granted as well. Coming from New York City where you have so many things available to you, coming down here to the county I work in at the time in 1979 was pretty, Um, Policing was different um, as as far as all the investigations uh, are concerned. And, you know, today we have, you know, cell phones. You have all technology for DNA and nothing, none of that was available then. So you add it all together with the difference in 40 years of policing to how many people lived here then and who was, you know, who still lives here, who moved away,
1: Lloydgren says this isn't totally uncommon for cases that are decades old.
4: So it's kind of tough when you start looking for people from the past. Some of them stayed local, and you try to track them down, and some people don't remember anybody after all these years.
1: But Lloydgren, like Schneider and like Pam, says he will not give up. No one is ready to throw in the towel on this case and give up on Tammy, not yet.
0: So there's not a ton of new information in this case right now, but we wanted to do something to recognize this anniversary. Because we worked with so many people touched by this case for so long, we wanted to keep the story going and keep Tammy on people's minds. Thank you guys for all of your support throughout this project, and thanks to everyone who helped us make this. And as we've said before, if there are any new developments, we will be there to cover them. Until then, you can find us on Twitter using the hashtag Tammy Joe, and you can check out our website, FindingTammyJoe.com. And if you like this podcast, check out coldcasepodcasts.tumblr.com. Finding Tammy Joe is there, but you'll also find other true crime shows like Accused and Unsolved. All right, that's it for now. I'm Veronica Volk, WXXI News.
1: And I'm Gary Craig with the Democrat and Chronicle. Thanks for listening.